Welcome to Reimagining Schools, a podcast from the Edupreneur Academy. Today, I'm talking with Ryan Warner of Toronto. He's going to talk to us a little bit about his background in K-12 education and how he became an educational entrepreneur who is now an author, a professor, and has his own business doing consulting work. Hi, Ryan. Thank you for joining me today. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks. It's my pleasure. Happy to be here. Good. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. We actually met through LinkedIn. And so it's been interesting kind of using that platform to get to know other educational entrepreneurs around the world. And so I know you're in Canada. And so I'd love for you to just start by telling us a little bit about your background and your experience in education, and maybe a little bit about how you got started with entrepreneurship. Yeah, sure. Happy to. So I, I did. I grew up in, in southern Ontario and I went through the Ontario school system. And somewhere along the ways, I just I just realized that I didn't know if I was going to be any good at it, but I just knew that I enjoyed teaching other people and helping them. I was always one of those, you know, tutor in the classroom types of uh, types of students. And and yeah, so that kind of I had that, I guess you could say that passion. It developed into a passion later on. But that was kind of my when you know, when you're 17, 18, you're leaving high school, you're not really sure exactly what you want to do. But you know what activities you enjoy spending your time doing. And, and that's something I remember uh, back in high school, where I, we have to do a certain amount of community service in order to graduate uh, a certain amount of hours, I think it's like 50 hours. And you get our list, we have a list, list of options that you're you know, able to choose from. And I always chose with, you know, volunteering with, uh, you know, the Cub Scouts or doing like volunteering in a classroom. I was, I always enjoyed that most to like helping some of the younger, the younger students. And yeah, so my, my path to in education, I decided to study developmental psychology to learn how people think, how people learn, how they absorb knowledge and why some people are more adept at applying the knowledge than others. And all that uh, all that good stuff I, I i learned that in university and then i went to teachers college and i became a teacher that was my first career uh, i started out teaching kindergarten which wow. was funny because yeah I, I think it's so funny because i loved it i remember just waking up and just smiling like yeah i get to go do this again but now i think back on it and i'm like i don't know how i did it like they, they just have so much energy and i, I don't know what happened I'm, I'm getting old now but but yeah, so, so I started teaching kindergarten and then I, I taught grade three and I taught grade six and eventually I taught grade 10. And then somewhere along the ways, I ended up deciding to go back to do another master's degree and to um, become a professor. I, I think I wanted to get more involved with the research and more learning about um, the, the practices that we use and trying to really propel and advance those to keep up with the changing technology and the changing times so that we can really equip our students and empower them to be most successful after education, right? Because that's, is, and from my perspective, that's what it's about. It's about how can we best set them up for success in the time that we have with them. So I really kind of endeavored to, to learn more about that. And yeah, that led me to I became a college professor. And then shortly after that, I became a, um, a university professor, which is where I currently hold a position. But in parallel, when I first became a professor, a few friends of mine were in the, the Bay Area in California, and they had a two or three of them had their own startup companies. And one of them had already uh, received some funding for investment, but the other two were in the midst of, of pitching. They're raising their funds for investment. And I happened to be down there just on a vacation, and they were kind of discussing their strategies and what they were planning to do. And I just offered a couple suggestions. I felt the need to contribute. And 
they really, they like them. And, and as a matter of fact, I ended up extending my trip to stay there and work with them and coach them on how to speak more effectively. Yeah. How to deliver it more impactfully. And yeah, ever since then, that kind of pushed me down that road to people call it professional services, but I, I really, I just call it like consulting and coaching. I just try to add as much value as I can to folks. So. That's great. Yeah. But what an interesting combination of, of skills and background that you have with the education teach and getting to teach young students like that. And you're right. That is exhausting work. I think I was in a kindergarten class for just a few weeks and I thought, <laughs> and I was young at the time too. So I, yeah, I definitely know you've got to be, you have to have, bring the energy to make that uh, work. And <laughs> definitely there are people that are very good at that, but uh, it's definitely a, a tough age range. And then just your background with psychology and thinking about kind of how people learn. That's really interesting as well. So thank you for sharing that. And so I know that you kind of got into a little bit maybe about what you're doing now, but tell me a little bit more about kind of your coaching and what, what is it that you're doing for your business now? Yeah. So uh, now, and well, actually just, <laughs> I just released a book um, and it's called the effective presenter. And so it's, Basically, I put together with through research and experiences, I put together a framework that will help anyone, even the most um, introverted of folks and, and folks who suffer from speaking anxiety to help them to deliver their message with confidence and, uh, and effectiveness. So I, I, I put together a guide. I, I just had it published. And right now, due to my publisher's efforts and, and partially mine and my, my network, I'm doing I'm going on like a mini book tour uh, throughout the States to various organizations uh, talking about the the messages and the, the strategies outlined in my book and in doing that. So that's what I've been doing predominantly. Um, yeah, I also I'm, I'm I still hold a, a professor position, so I'm lecturing two courses right now and I I teach uh, communications, business communications, um, speaking a lot of different types of intonation, inflection to convey meaning more effectively and things like that. Um, so typically do those two things. And I, I also, you know, I, I try to coach and consult as, as much time as I can with, with people who are looking to level up their, their game as far as communication. That's, that's amazing work and congratulations on the book. And would you share the name with, of the book with us so we can look that up? Sure. Yeah. It's called the effective presenter. I actually have it right here. I know we're not doing video probably, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's the complete, it's just the winning formula for business presentations. And yeah, I, I honestly, it, it's just, it's been a project I've been working on for years. Folks usually, they buzz me or they, they ping me when they have a question. And I, I noticed I was getting the same questions and I can't be in all places at once. So I said, okay, I'll just create this this resource so that if I'm not there, they can refer to it and it's it's going to be permanently there. So yeah, well, very cool. Well, this wasn't a question that was on the list. So I'm going to put you on the spot here for a second. I think you can answer this one. <laughs> so just because of your experience in both um, Canada and the U.S. I am curious about because you have that um, background with the educational systems in both places. Is there anything that kind of stands out to you that you would say, man, you know, Canada is doing a great job of this in education, and this is something an area that I see the U.S. could do better at? Or, I mean, how having seen both worlds, what would you say are some of the things that you've noticed about the systems? Hmm. Well, the first thing that springs to mind, I remember when I was teaching in, the, I taught in New York for a little while. And when I taught there, I was, I was shocked at a couple things. One that, uh, there was not as much recess and break time for the students as there, there was in Ontario in wow. Ontario. Yeah. The students were, they had uh, three recesses a day and the longest one, the lunch recess being all over 40 minutes. It was like 45 minutes for the mm -hmm. kids to run and play around. And when I was in New York, I think they had like one. And 
Yeah. So that, that was kind of eye opening uh, for me. Another thing was in, in the States, they have nap time for kindergartners, which I was like, wow, I wish I had that in Canada. Uh, but <laughs> I can't speak to the effectiveness of that, like you said, pedagogically. But some of the differences. Um, I also noticed, I can tell you, that I, as far as the content and what's being taught, I'd have to, to think on that uh, as far as the different curriculum, respectively. But one thing I did notice was that in Canada, it's very, like, it's, it's different in that, that things are more open. And what I mean, when I first went to teach at a New York school, I remember I had to go through like all, all the windows were, were barred or caged. And I remember I had to go through like a metal detector to get in. And I remember I had to sign in. And I remember there was a lot of process for me to, to go into the school. In Canada, it was just open the door and you walk in. Like it was, it was, yeah, it was much less. Um, I don't know what it's like now. I haven't taught in oh, probably a decade, but, but going back, yeah, I remember that it, that was a kind of eye opening too. It felt, um, it, it was uh, the first time I went through it. I remember not being sure. I'm like, is this a special day? Is it, you know, is the president coming here today or something happening? But yeah, no, it's like, I guess it was like that every day. So. Yeah, that's really interesting. And, and my, uh, bachelor's degree was actually in health and sports science. So I didn't think I was going to be teaching, but I was in coaching, um, like sports coaching. And so that definitely is something that I've always thought was really important too. And just knowing about, you know, the brain and how it functions and kids and what they need in terms of activity. I think that that's something that um, Canada was probably doing a really good job of that we need to figure out how to do better is just making sure that kids have that playtime and uh, downtime. That's not just true in Canada, but other countries as well that see uh, you know, better educational results than, than the U.S. does. So that's interesting. I was just curious about your experience with that. And I wish that we didn't have, um, you know, as many needs to have all the security that we do in schools now. Um, obviously, that hasn't really improved over the years. In fact, that's, you know, gotten um, more of a concern. So, yeah, that's an unfortunate uh, reality as well. But it's interesting to see the differences of, of how the two countries do things. So thank you for sharing that. No problem. Sorry, can I add one thing? It just sprang. <laughs> My mind goes super fast sometimes. Um, yeah, one more thing I remember is the the you, this is probably common. You're like, yeah, Ryan, I know, but the, the the patriotism was unbelievable. It was it was unbelievable, and it was like when I talking about when, with the, when I was in the states, it was just everyone had you know hand on heart uh, for the national anthem and for like the throughout the day and the the flags were everywhere and and it was all about it was about respect and freedom and. And there was a lot of, uh, yeah, I remember that being very pronounced. And in Canada, it's like, we stand up for the national anthem as well. But when people say like, where are you from in Canada? Most people will say like, or, you know, like, where are you from? Most people say like, oh, you know, my mother's Italian and my father's from England or something like that. Like your your family origin? (laughs) (laughs) Not exactly, but, but yeah, most people they say like not my family origin but yeah sorry most people will say like where their family came from but in the states it's always like where are you from i'm from america okay all right that's that's that then you know so it's just for me it was kind of i'm like oh i know that but like where did your family come from where you all like you know and so it, yeah there was a little bit of um of that i remember that being a thing too so it's flooding yeah. back to me memories interesting distinction too that i wouldn't have uh, guessed that um, but I can see how that definitely would be true. I think that there's probably, you know, a need to understand more about people's backgrounds because we are so diverse and 
Um, yeah, so that's really interesting. Thank you for sharing that. No problem. Well, I'll switch us back over to entrepreneurship and education again, but just thinking about when you were, so back when you were teaching and um, kind of, you know, you met these, this group of friends that was sort of in the business ventures. So how did you kind of get started in doing your own thing? What were some of like the early things that you did to help yourself get started in sort of entrepreneurship and figuring out how to create a business? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question because to be honest, I still haven't quite mastered the whole business part because in my heart, I'm a teacher. Like I'm not a business person. So, um, but essentially what happened was, yeah, I remember being with them and they, they'd asked me for some help and I helped them and the, the pitches went well. And then shortly afterwards, I get an email from them saying, you know, thanks again for your help. Um, my friend Roy, um, him and Sally, they have a startup and they're, you know, pitching next week, can you help them? And so that's, it kind of grew organically and to the point where then I started doing a little bit more like broadening my scope. So I worked with one company, they're um, a real estate company, a tech real estate company. And they asked me to, to come back and do some, can you do some team cohesiveness training? Right. And I said, yeah, no problem. So they did the research on that and put together a couple of days worth of, of training and workshops, et cetera. So that kind of evolved into that. So really i have to say like a lot of it was from my friends um and from my contacts my network that i had established they were very they, they were great in in you know referring me they they noticed they realized the value that i could bring to optimizing they call it like the human capital like getting you know leveling up people and and their abilities and their communication and also their performance and identifying from my objective perspective because i'm on the outside coming in kind of saying is, is this a workflow problem a process problem or is it is it a people right do the people need to be better trained or do they need to be put in better positions to succeed so kind of diagnosing that and then strategizing what's the best way to to address those and resolve those issues so that kind of yeah it, it kind of it grew organically and i just i have to credit a lot to my, my friends at the time who they spotted the value because i wasn't sure i was like are you sure man like i yeah, I, I usually do research and I teach like, you know, 120 students who are, you know, studying like engineering and they need communication skills. And he's like, no, 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 trust me out here. We, we need it. Like there, there's presentations that we sit through and we don't even know what the point was. You know, we, like we need your help. So they kind of persuaded me. They gave me the push because I wasn't sure that I could actually add value and I hate wasting people's time. So, yeah, sorry. I hope that was a good answer. No, that totally makes sense. And I think that you said something there that was important about how you feel like you're still, you know, a teacher at heart and the business part has not been maybe as intuitive for you. Um, but I, I do think that, you know, we need to think about teaching in lots of different ways. Obviously, businesses teach too, you know, as well, like our leaders, our teachers and in most roles that you have really part of your job, if you're training or working with anybody else is to teach. And so I think that's uh, great that you figured out how to kind of merge those two together. Um, as you were thinking about your, you know, business startup and kind of getting going with this, are there any kind of early challenges that you faced or, you know, starting the business and how did you kind of overcome those initial challenges? Mm. As far as challenges. Yeah. So I did have, I mean, I operated independently, like set off referrals for probably the first year before a few friends of mine told me, okay, listen, you gotta, you have to have a website. And you have to have something out there because I was literally just getting my, I said, send them my email and I would get a personal email and then I'd have a, a quick call with them, figure out what they wanted and how I could best help them. 
And then I'd, they'd either fly me out there or we'd do a little bit of it remotely or, or what have you, we'd work something out. So yeah, like I said, my friends were really kind of like my guide through this whole thing because they were in business their whole lives. And they're telling me, like, you have to have a website, you have to you know, have somewhere to point people to, you have to do this, you have to do that. Um, but probably if you ask me that the largest challenge for me, and again, going back to, I'm a teacher at heart, I'm not a business person, I'm not a salesperson, right? And I'm it probably sometimes to my detriment, like if I can't help someone, I'll tell them like, sorry, I can't help you. Like, I know I can put you in touch with people who might be able to, but you know, if I don't feel that I can do it, I'm the first one to be like, I won't be, it's going to be a waste of time for both of us. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So for me, I, um, yeah, probably the biggest thing was uh charging people like mm-hmm. billing like you know how do i determine the price what's my value i don't i wasn't from that world at all right so i didn't know what the going rate was and it was incredibly difficult to to deduce because people don't have their rates advertised anywhere right. yeah. and i don't want to like there, there's some some of the professionals that are online and I will, I'm not the type to go there and, and to, you know, send them an email. Oh, I'm interested in your services. You know, what's your rate? Because I, I don't do that, but yeah, that, that took, I'm still like said, working it out partially because it's always, you know, there, there's no, it's not a commodity, right? It's not like oil, like there's a price on it. So I, that was probably the most challenging thing I've had to overcome. Well, what advice would you give to other you know, entrepreneurs that are getting started in terms of how to overcome those kinds of things. What, what are the things you did to get past that? Um, so you have to, one, one thing is if you have uh, mentors, mentors are fantastic. Like you said, uh, like I said, your, your network, you can rely on them. You can bounce some ideas off of them. Um, and that's, you know, effective to you if you have that, but a lot of it comes to, um, unfortunately there is an element of, of trial and error. And, but one thing that I, I don't know if it, if it works for everyone, because everyone, all the people out there who are entrepreneurs, you're either having a product or a service or some combination of both. So obviously you can look at your competitors and you can see, um, and there's a lot of market data you can in, you know, endeavor into to find out what the, what a good price point would be for you. But if you don't have any of those options, um, like I said, it's, it's generally good to, to choose a number and then just document the, the response and document the reactions. And then you can kind of adjust the number over time, right? That's, that's what I would say, be flexible. Yeah, that's great advice. And I, I know I've you know heard a lot of people too talk about how it's sort of, you know, it's a little scary in the beginning to get started, but you just kind of have to keep taking it one step at a time and start, right? Because you can get caught in that trap of thinking about it for years, you know, never really taking the actions to get started. So it sounds like even though that was like an uncomfortable place for you to be, um, in terms of figuring out a price point and what you're going to charge people, but you, you did one and then that kind of gives you a, you know, a better foundation for the next one. And you can kind of keep working that way until you, so what are your plans for the future, Ryan? What are you thinking next? Are you going to write some more books or what's next? Yeah. So I'm actually, <laughs> I, I'm not a hundred percent sure yet on the books. I know there's, there's a couple of publishers that reached out to me and I'm not, I, I do want to write more not because I enjoy writing, but because I enjoy sharing what I've learned with people. I think it could, it helps a lot. So I, I'm definitely planning on writing more. I'm just not sure. Like right now I have a lot of other things on the go. I tend to not, I don't want to say I bite off more than I can chew, but I, I definitely fill the outer rim of my plate with, with, with stuff. So I'm, yeah, I'm planned to in the future to continue to do coaching, to continue to do training, 
Um, I love being a professor. It, it's a it's a great it's a great gig, and you have access to so much research. And it, it's it's really that is really you know um, something I'm passionate about. It's been it's been great for me. And the other thing, yeah, I, I love to give talks. I'm, um, I'm working on a couple of TED talks right now, and I I love to to get up and speak in front of people. It's kind of I know it's kind of shocking, but but uh, yeah, I, I love talking. I could talk all day. So you got the right person for this episode. Well, and you mentioned too that you, um, let's see, you were talking about your uh, tour that you're going to do in the U.S. And so I'd love to hear more about that. What what cities are you going to? Do you have that planned out yet? Uh, loosely, yeah. So I, I have, I think I have 13 places total and then about four or five additional that are speculative at this point. But, but yeah, so I have to start in Denver and then I have to work my way down to Arizona and then work my way across to Florida, and then finally back up to the uh, the true north, strong and free. I guess. <laughs> well, fantastic! Yeah, maybe we'll get to meet at some point. That would be that would be cool. So that'd be great. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, how can our listeners find you? I know you have. I think you've got a website now, right? Say <laughs> 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 that website for our listeners so they can find. Yeah. No problem. It's uh, so professionalpresentationservices.com. And yeah, I'm on LinkedIn as well. So you can get a hold of me. If, if I can help you out in some way, I'd be, be happy to help you out. So let me know if you want to, yeah, have a call or anything and we'll see what we can set up. Yeah, I think that's so great. I think what a lot of our listeners are looking for is just other entrepreneurs that have been down this pathway and, you know, just thinking about how they got through their challenges and struggles to move forward and to um, create successful businesses is important for them to hear. And is there just as a final thought, anything else that you'd like to share advice or anything, other information that you can think of that our entrepreneurs might want to hear about? Yeah, I would just say it's a, I'm trying to think which, which thing to say. I have so many in my mind, but yeah, I would say to anyone who's considering uh, branching out and, and, and going into entrepreneurship, I would say to them, it is, there is really no roadmap. If you're looking for, you know, a one size fits all, or just follow this recipe and you will, you know, be successful that there's not one, unfortunately, it, you're going to be in uncharted territories, you're going to find yourself in situations where you're not sure what to do, you don't know where your heading is or where you're supposed to be going next. And you're not sure how to get there. But the the only the research shows that the number one commonality between all successful endeavors is persistence. So if you continue at it, eventually, you will succeed. That's great advice. Yeah. And I I'm a big fan of Carol Dweck and the grit, um, growth mindset, those kinds of things. So I'm sure those are probably things that you've studied a lot too. And, and I love that. And I, I do completely agree. We put a lot of focus on test scores and grades sometimes. Um, but what it's really about is just not giving up and finding a different way um, because there will always be challenges and difficult uh, things to get through. So you just got to keep persevering and make it happen. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Ryan. I appreciate you coming on the podcast today and sharing your background with us. It's been really interesting and helpful for our listeners to hear. So I just really appreciate you taking the time to do this. Yeah, no, it was my pleasure. Um, I hope your listeners get a lot of value out of this. And if there's, like I said, if there's anything I can do, or if you ever want to do this again, I'm happy to come back. Great. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. We'll put all of your information in the show notes as well. 